Hello and welcome to the podcast According to Sci Faith, where we discuss topics revolving around the compatibility of science and faith. I'm Josua Göcking and you're listening to According to Sci Faith. Episode 16 Eternal Inflation and the Limits of Science. So, what is meant by inflation? Uh, if you hear the term these days, you usually connect it to economics, to um, the, the increasing prices also that we are currently experiencing, unfortunately. But in physics, you need something different than that. So what what is meant by inflation in physics, I mean, it's a similar concept, but uh, what you mean by this is the extremely fast expansion of the universe in the, in, in, in the Big Bang. So there was a period... It is assumed today, so there's no clear evidence for it or no conclusive evidence of it, uh, where the universe was expandingly in an extreme fast way, in extreme rapidly, faster than the speed of light in some cases. And um, this is believed to have happened in some uh, state of our universe. And the reason why this is believed is because uh, the universe appears to be more ordered than it should be be or uh, under a usual expansion in the time span of uh, 13.8 billion years that we assume now is the age of our universe. So this is the reason why we believe that such an infl inflationary phase took place. And um, there are certain uh, parameters, certain yeah, par parameters of these theories, uh, in which uh, which you can twist and uh, where where you can say where you can get a prediction that uh, a that a universe repeats itself basically, and uh, what happens there is that the Big Bang in this case was not the actual beginning of the world it was only the beginning of our universe so in this case there was a universe before the big bang and this kind of crushed into so i guess this is how it is expanded it kind of fall into itself into one point and from this one point the big bang ha happened and our universe was created and therefore there's always this uh, creation and any uh, and uh, annihilation or crunching back of the universe and uh, there are repeating cycles in which universes uh, come to place and uh, um, are removed again so this uh, solves not only this uh, problem of uh, of our, our highly ordered universe uh, other than it is expected uh, from from other estimations but it also uh, uh, solves another problem in science and that's the fine-tuning problem and this is the same case i mean if you look at, at this whole uh, it is really similar to what we discussed in some episodes before of the many worlds or uh, of multiverse uh, multiverse there's also in string theory there's also the concept of multiverses coming up so uh, this is a pretty common concept And if you if you look uh, at this uh, concept that is discussed there or that's currently really popular in science or among scientists there, it is basically the same thing, just uh, uh, not at the same time. So where in general, when you're talking about multiverses, you say uh, there are million different uh, universes next to ours at the same time in the same 
I mean, you cannot say at the same time because each universe would have its own time standard. So it doesn't really make sense to talk about it. But you do not still assume that it kind of has a time synchronicity. But in this case here, you have there was this universe. It crunched into a point and from the Big Bang came our universe. So you have a sequence of uh, of universes and the the whole sequence you could describe then as this multiverse um but still there is this fact of multiverses and what is uh, philosophically interesting of on multiverses is that it solves this fine-tuning problem because the fine-tuning problem is this question of uh, how can it be that uh, parameters in our university, uh, universe are so perfectly tuned to allow for human life. I mean, I, I made an episode on this. I, I, I think I, I made it on a German podcast, but if you want to hear more about it there is a blog post about a fine-tuning problem on on my substack also in english so you can read it there and there it is about this really nice feature of our universe that seems to be really nicely tuned for us to experience life to be alive to uh, to allow for life for example there is this weird feature that uh, at the energy levels which we discussed in previous episodes of carbon they have uh, they are at a certain point which is uh, just if you put in the calculations and compute it it's just okay some number that comes out you don't see any causation you don't see anything why this number has to be it it's just and 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 result that you get which is basically pretty random but If you uh, if you look uh, uh, continue to look at it and see what really is needed to to have life, then you see that carbon really needs to have an energy level like this for life to uh, to be able to exist. So this is a pretty pretty interesting uh, to see how finely tuned our universe is to allow for life. Uh, but uh, this question is the question is then how is that? How can it be? How can we explain it? How? And one solution to this, of course, is to say, yeah, well, there's not only our universe, but there are dozens, bajillion, many different universes that exist. And if you have uh, randomly generated so many universes, chances are that in one universe, it will all fit perfectly well. All right, I think it's time for a short break. So before we continue, just make me let a, some short uh, announcements. Um, if you uh, want to know more about SciFave, I really encourage you to go to my website, sci-fave.de slash en. There you can find out more about this podcast, about my book and ab about my blog. So you can read my blog. All the articles are also now in English, so you can read all of them. Also the article which I've described in the first episode. And you can also, learn more about my book which is now available in english so i really encourage you to get it as an ebook and and read it because there really much about what we are talking about is really discussed in a, in a deeper way and you will 
understand i think a lot more of what i'm talking about if you really have grasped those concepts uh, also there is a new book out my latest novel or my first novel also uh, alien thoughts you can get it on, on amazon as an ebook and i really encourage you to read it it's really uh, exciting i have gotten a lot of feedbacks people really like it and so i re really hope you read it and also give it a five star rating because this always helps people to Uh, to know what the book is to to understand if it is something for them and really if you have the time i really ask you to write a review of it such that people really can know um, what the book is about know if it's something for them and so more reader readers can get aware of of this book and can get to enjoy it it also of course All, all this also supports me in my work also on this podcast. It gives me more flexibility produce, to do, produce new episodes. So I really am hoping for your support. Also, if you have ideas or requests or something that you want to have covered in this podcast, feel free to contact me at sci-faith.de slash en and then use the contact form. There you can also subscribe to the newsletter where you will get some uh, sp uh, special material. So uh, newsletter in the newsletter, I write some of, of the thoughts that are usually not fit for blog posts, but still very interesting topics. So if you want to uh, get this or get news, what happens at Sci faith what's new what's up then you will get the latest news you will really get there and uh, then i really encourage you to dis subscribe to my Substack. with that being said let's continue to the episode This would take extraordinary many worlds or universes for this to make uh, to work, but um, there's in general no limit to how many worlds there can be. But I think what it shows is that, I mean, in some degree, it really works at the limits of science and at in in the area of faith already. So uh, many times I heard this argument made by. Uh, believers who say yeah they believe uh, the scientists say it's some multiverse that is responsible for this fine-tuning problem or, or that solves this fine-tuning problem and this is basically the same as believing in a god who created the world such that it perfectly fits and this is really true to some degree but the counterpoint many scientists have brought which also has some truth to it is yeah that might be but there is um There is really evidence for these multiverses. Of course, this evidence is already interpreted. So you have these facts and you interpret it in, in such a way and then you get these multiverses. But there is still a correlation of the real theory and where you can really see how multiverses would come out of it kind of naturally, but it really is not baked into the equation. So I would say it's maybe something between 
but it's also if if you have uh, listened to the episodes before about interpretations and there uh, it's also clear that the interpretation for example the deterministic interpretations of quantum mechanics they come because that's the worldview many of those who have these uh, theories have so the interpretations we get from our physical theories are closer to multiverses because that's the interpretation many of the, the scientists who bring forth these uh, theories um prefer that's also the argument you can can bring so i think there's still a valid case to be made that this is the area of faith and not any more of science and that just as well as you can believe there's a god who made uh, created a perfect universe such that everything fits and life can uh, can be uh, grow there perfectly uh, just as as well you can uh, make the case that there are multiverses who account for this uh, fine tuning problem okay But uh, what I think is really the case here is that this is already or what you what what begins to happen here is that we are going beyond the realm of science, beyond the scope of in which science is defined, which is in the scientific method. So everything that can be uh, uh, proven using the scientific method and the scientific method uh, For some, they say everything. There's nothing else but what science can show. So nothing else but what can the scientific method can show. Um, but this itself is a statement that cannot be uh, established scientifically. You cannot show that this is true, and therefore this statement itself contradicts itself. So it's it cannot really be true. So there has to be something more than science. There has to be something beyond the scope of science, something beyond the limits of science. And many don't believe that, especially in science. But uh, that's the problem because then you really don't realize once you have gone beyond the limits of science. And I think uh, there are certainly limits of science. And I think, uh, uh, for example, Feynman already saw uh, cosmology as not really scientific because it was for him beyond these limits. And at his time, this was really true because there were no experiments that could be made confirming cosmological assumptions and therefore one needed to say yeah that that's not really science that's uh, some other thing uh, but I think even still today we have some measurements we can make some facts we can obtain uh, with which we can uh, make cosmos uh, can prove cosmological assumptions but still there is really the limit of science in my eyes coming closer and closer and this is really something we need to deal with and with that just as a small caveat with that this i do not say that science will soon reach its end or something like that there we, we will never be at the end of science we will always find out new things uh, many have said that we are closely to the end of science and we will finish soon and studying physics does not make any sense because we are almost finished Many have said that and right afterwards great, uh, great new uh, uh, fields of uh, science were uh, explored and uh, found. So um, th that's not true and I think it will never be true. But I think it, it, there is an area, there is an uh, area where the scientific method re reaches it, its boundaries, where you cannot go beyond that. And... There, where there is more uh, and if you don't believe that it, there's more than what we can know scientifically then you you go into danger to really don't realize when you have 
gone past that limit and then you will call things scientific that are not at all scientific and and Uh, go in, in this area. So one example where I think that the limits of, of science uh, are, are about to be reached is uh, regarding consciousness. I think consciousness itself is not a, 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 a purely scientific process. I think there's a spiritual component to it. And I think this is um, uh, why wh where we reach a boundary where many argue that uh, consciousness is an emergent concept and, and stuff like that, which is already kind of hand-waving of saying, yeah, if you have that much nuance and particles and, and things together, something like consciousness just emerges out of the blue, which you could not see at individual neurons colliding or something like that. Uh, which is really hand-waving. There's no clear equations behind it. It's just saying, yeah, it somehow occurs. It's kind of like in, in this cartoon where where the, the creationist says, yeah, there's some miracle occurs and then there's this universe. Somehow in the same way, uh, many scientists are arguing now and saying, yeah, some emergence stuff occurs and then there's consciousness. So, uh, and this, I think the reason for this is to some degree that it is, of course, not at all understood what consciousness is, but also to some degree that it is, I think, not possible to understand consciousness in a purely scientific way and it is beyond the scope of science itself. And therefore, um, if you try to understand consciousness by purely scientific means, you are deemed to fail. And you will not realize that you are past the boundary of science since you have not, uh, you do not believe that such a boundary exists. And then you are deemed to make assumptions or make, make your assumptions be scientific. You, you say, uh, you, you make assumptions and you say, yeah, this is uh, science says so because you have some evidence to, uh, on which you rely on this. And I want to move away from the topic of consciousness because I think in a later episode we will uh, look deeper into this. But uh, to go back to cosmology, I think there you have the same area where you say, okay, we have some evidence that uh, something like eternal inflation could occur in our universe and then you say okay if we can prove uh, or if we say internal inflation makes these and these predictions which are nothing at all like hey eternal inflation is happening but rather like some particles behaving in such and such a way then some people are arguing okay this then proves that eternal inflation is a thing but on the other hand it could completely be that even with that description that there is an alternative description which uh, says these particles behave in such a way for a completely different reason and there you see that the, the limits of science are reached there and in this way the interpretation of the scientific facts and the facts themselves are in some way so much apart that you kind of cannot really talk anymore uh, of saying that this interpretation is definitely true because the defects are so far from it but because how would you 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 could not be really um certain of uh, something like eternal inflation to have occurred unless you have been there and you could not have possibly been there so This is, I think, the problem in which uh, modern science is currently running. And I think if we 
if you read about topics that go in this direction, that go uh, in, in, in such big models about eternal inflation, multiverses, consciousness and so on, uh, really ask yourself, if somebody writes about it, uh, ask yourself first, how can they know this? And if they, uh, they certainly will have facts that that uh, they use for their assumptions, but you will clearly see that those facts are not so close connected to their interpretations that while their interpretations might really be valid, there clearly can be a completely different interpretation that uh, would explain the same effect. And therefore, I think this is what, especially in these times, we need to be careful of uh, when we are interpreting interpreting uh, scientific findings to separate this interpretation a scientist has to his, the, the facts that he presents or the findings that he presents from the real facts that we have the separations and really understand, okay, while the facts are valid and true, apparently, there still uh, can be a discussion about how to interpret these facts. As a final note on this, let me just say that this, the same problems that this eternal inflation seems to solve, so the problem of uh, uh, a universe which is more ordered than it is supposed to be, and... Um, this uh, concept of uh, the fine-tuning of the universe, both can be also perfectly explained by creation, by, by a creator who creates the world such that it perfectly fits life and such that it is perfectly ordered or such ordered as it needs to be. So this is already a perfect explanation of this and therefore there is can, it can be not only seen as something which needs to be described in such a theory, but also it can be seen as something which hints at a creator. So that's everything for today's episode. I hope you liked it and you enjoyed each part of it. If you want to get in touch with me or discuss a topic or want to give me some feedback, then feel free to contact me using the contact form at, on my website, sci-faith.de. en, And there you can go to the contact tab and contact me. And uh, if you have any other things you or episodes you want to have covered there or topics you haven't have covered, uh, feel free. Uh, to uh, contact me there also if you are not yet familiar with the format in which these, uh, pod this podcast is produced let me just briefly explain it to you so there are always always at the beginning of a month or of, of, of a block there are is a, a big block of four episodes in in one thing it's kind of like a preview which I call it where you have the next four episodes all in one episode uh, together combined and this is for people who like to hear long form format podcasts who have a long way to work or something else where they can listen to a long episode and can then have a preview of the the next four episodes all at once or episodes all at once and are completely up to date from the beginning of the blog for those who like uh, their episodes shorter who prefer it if if they have one, a half an hour or even less of a, po a podcast episode for those there is every week afterwards will appear a podcast episode almost in that length and this way i can uh, publish every week a, a new podcast every episode and everyone uh, can have it his own way either once a month a long uh, chunk of um 
uh, of uh, content or once a week a shorter uh, form format a podcast episode so i think that's the best way for everyone and also for me when i'm producing it Please also note that this is an independent podcast, which means that it is recorded, produced and marketed by me. So I really need your support in this. So if you like this podcast, then give it a five star rating. And if you have the time, even write a review to it. This just helps other listeners to uh, become aware of this podcast. And then people who might be interested in this content become can become aware of it. Also, if you have friends who you think would like this content, then recommend it. To them and share it with them also you can support me in other ways for example by reading my blog and uh, subscribing to my newsletter or even by reading my books uh, which you can uh, find on amazon for example there is um My latest novel out now is Alien Thoughts, which is pretty entertaining from the feedback that I gotten. And so it's also in some way related to science and faith. The topic of it is also in there. But of course, you can also read the book to this podcast, Sci Faith, The Compatibility of Science and Faith, which is also available in English since last year. Thank you for that. And now I wish you a wonderful day. And I'm looking forward for you to tune in again next time.